Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, this is Billy Sands. When I want to spice up my barbecue, I always listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions broadcast show. Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who have never dropped a Matthew Stafford pass. Chris and Case. Hey, Idaho Lions fans, welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. This is episode 212. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and current co-host, Jeff the Riz Risden. How you doing, buddy? Chris, I'm your co-host for the day. It's It's so fun. I love it. I love it. We're switching it all up. People don't know who's coming where. I should rephrase that. Anyway, today's show, we're going to talk about a lot of things. Hard knocks, tease Tabor. Some more news on him has come out, and it's interesting. I think it reveals a couple of, of interesting angles. Uh, we're also going to talk about the power of persistence. There's a great topic that came up in the subreddit. We're going to expand on that, give you some of our thoughts. We're going to talk about snacks, maybe Slay, certainly Drew, a whole lot more. we got a great show lined up. You ready to go, Riz? Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, time for a couple of quick announcements. First, check us out and help us out on the Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from Glom. Very good. Of course, our very first daughter, Mathis, and Brian B. from I Prevail. Check them out. All our European friends are the ones that can check them out right now. They are roaming around Europe, tearing things up. I advised them to see the Raperbahn in uh, Hamburg. If you haven't been there, it's it's worth the trip for sure. Um, anyway, great, great stuff from all of our Patreon people. Uh, it's at patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. What is this that you're talking about, Chris? What's there? Well, it's an awesome opportunity to donate to the show. And it's a monthly donation. They take it out automatically. And uh, anywhere from a dollar to everything you've got, you can donate. <laughs> and uh, they help us out. It's a great way to, to help the show. It's, it helps us fund a lot of the stuff we're doing. We're, we're adding some cameras. We're going to do some really, really cool stuff coming up here. Uh, you guys are getting blown away by what we're doing on the on the YouTube channel. And we'll announce that shortly. But um, it's all kind of is the help of our folks on Patreon. So join the Patreon people. You get access to the smartest, most intelligent chat on the internet, with the, at least related to the Lions. I don't I haven't been to many science subreddits lately, so we'll, we'll see. It's probably still smarter than them. Uh, you get the access to the pre-show show. We do one of those, and it's, it's, it's all kinds of other fun. You get early access to some things. You get special information that other people don't get, advanced info, all the kind of stuff. Again, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. As little as a dollar gets you in the door. Well, if you got a couple extra bucks a month to share, we would love you to do that as well. Give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and check us out on the Twitter cheese, Twitter machine at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast. It's the very best place to see the Riz with no pants. <laughs> and it's a great look. Subscribe on YouTube. 
YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. I am telling you, you want to be there. You want to click that. You know, everyone says subscribe, click the bell. But I'm telling you, you want to do that. We have some amazing things coming out. July is going to kick some crazy stuff off, and then it's going to knock your socks across the room for the next couple months through the end of the season, some of what we're going to bring to you guys. You you do not want to miss any of it, so get subscribed to that YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find us. We're on Spotify. We, we, we may. We're waiting for a word back. We'll see what iHeart has to say about uh, our, our beauty and love that we, we put forth on the podcast. We may be there as well. Go around, go to your aggregator, give us a review. Those five-star reviews are gold, but remember, they're forever. If there's something you want to change, just tell us in the subreddit. That's the best place because then we'll change it, and then that review doesn't say change something that we already changed. It's all silly. So five-star reviews, give us those. And if you want us to work on something or help the show kind of grow, it's your show. It's a community show. Head on over to Detroit Lions in the subreddit and uh, let us know what you think, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about it then. Big training camp party coming. Going to be August 3rd. That also just happens to be Zach Zenner Day at training camp. It's going to be a long, amazing day. What a freaky coincidence. Yeah, yeah. Schedule is, it's it's funny because I think my money's on the schedule being released today after we record to know. But I think this, this all sets up every year. It's this Saturday. We meet. We go to training camp all day, have a good time. I think we'll get together for lunch or something, get a group of folks together and have some fun. And then we're going to bounce out, get a quick shower, go set up for the party that you do not want to miss. I'm telling you that right now. Um, And we're going to have a lot of fun that night. And then there's no training camp Sunday. So you can have fun. You can tie one on, do all the great stuff without worrying about missing the next day's events. So August 3rd, tickets coming on sale very, very soon. We'll talk more about that as we get going. But there's a lot of really great stuff lined up there. Don't forget to give us a call on Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Leave us a message and get a chance to hear yourself on the show. Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review This Week in Reddit. All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And I, I have to tell you, I didn't expect the record at this point in the year to be 24 and 29. I mean, these Tigers are just not bringing what we thought they'd have. The season's off to a rough start. I, I don't know if they've capitulated already. I mean, Riz, what do you think? Is it the bullpen? Is it the bats? Is it coaching? What's what's tearing this team apart right now? It sure seems like they have an overpaid guy in Cabrera. It seems like his body's breaking down. I'm not crazy about their management and and down on the farm, like here in West Michigan, we have the white caps. They've lost like 22 of the last 25. So help isn't on the way. Oh, the future is not. Oh, wait, sorry. Wrong podcast. All right. Okay. Uh, oh, hey. <laughs> Detroit Lions. Uh, I, I don't know where I was. My head was at somewhere. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, okay. Let's talk about this. Um, <laughs> See, I, I, I probably can't name five tigers I at this point. I can't either. <laughs> I, it, it's terrible. I, baseball is so taken, far off my radar. Yeah. Yeah. It's just been. It's been tough. If I, I, I would be more interested if they seem to be more interested. So we'll uh, we'll get into the lions here. Um, I got to really start off, you know, pretty. I got to take a retraction in 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 here and take it as uh, as my own. Um, we were talking about snacks and and slay last week and the agents and the the contracts and all that. And uh, one of the things I said was, you know, Drew negotiated snacks's contract and. Um, you know, now he's wanting something different. And that I was wrong there. I, I knew it and we all three knew it. It's funny we were talking about it after. None of our brains clicked to say, Hey dummy, 
he wasn't the agent back then. But we, right. it, it's like yeah. we're just talking, right? That's part of the problem of having off the cuff conversations and not. Yeah, snacks. Uh, snacks switched to Drew Rosenhaus this off season with the what, what everybody does when they switch to Drew Rosenhaus. They want a new contract. Yeah, yeah. That, that's why. That's where he gets his business. He is never the the, the rookie contract guy. Never. That's not what he does. No. He poaches guys in their second or third years for their second or third contracts. That's that's his business. Yep. Yep. He doesn't have to put the work in. He gets all the glory. Exactly. And and, and so I, I did want to be sure to to call out that I was wrong and admit it because that's that's what we do. We we talk about when we're wrong. We miss things, but it doesn't change the fact that his agent is still a ding dong, and I'm standing beside that and behind that all the way to the bank. So, all right, let's talk about some snacks news. Um. We got some little snackers going on. There's some baby snacks going yeah, on. Yeah, we didn't expect that. We didn't expect that at all. It was like he didn't talk about it, and all of a sudden it's like, you know, snacker one, he snacker two. He's, he's showing off his twin sons. Uh, kids, I think it's four and five, or five and six. I can't I can't remember. Um, but he and his wife, um, they, they kept it quiet. They yeah. didn't say anything about it. Um, when Bob Quinn talked earlier this spring about snacks having another reason for not being here, Everybody assumed that it was sort of BS, you know, oh, that this is just a line to get, but he was dealing, when your wife is pregnant, as you know, as I know, we have kids, it's a big deal. It's a whole have, other set of priorities. When and- have twins, that's, that's an even bigger deal. Um, Snacks is a huge family man. He's, he's all about his family yeah. and, and his little ones. And he, he, the, the picture that he tweeted out of him holding the little guys, the smile on that is he is absolutely radiant beaming. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. He's a guy that so hasn't forget. That, that gives a little bit more context of a what he's playing for, and b why maybe he he didn't care all that much about not being around. Yeah, and um, it gives you, you can also you get a sense he hasn't forgotten where he's come from, and that's something you can respect in a man like a lot. So good on him, and and hopefully things work out for him. And that's you know, like we talked about wishing the very, very best for him. And uh, he's in a position, I think, that he's in a spot where you can get it done without really royally hurting the team. And and he's a guy that I feel like deserves it because he's been kind of underappreciated and underpaid throughout his career for his production level. You know what I you mean? You can say that again. Yep. Yeah, yep. So I hate to be the one that makes up for all the other contracts. I don't, I'm don't. i not saying we should do that, but certainly the man deserves some money. So. You know, and the Lions, they, they have the cap room to pull this off. They have the ability to satisfy his needs and what he wants. I, I think it's a matter of time, quite honestly. Yep. I don't think that the Lions are opposed to giving him more guaranteed money. I really don't. I just think that it's, you know, it'll, it'll get there. Yep, yep. And he's got a little bit bigger things working right now. Yeah, yeah, he does. Well, a little. Is there something in the water there in Allen Park? We had uh, we've had a couple sets of twins. Um, really quick, uh, Kelly Stafford update. She had a um, a Instagram update where she was playing with the kids on the little nest cams that you have. Right? She looked really good. She was moving around. The kids hit her, and you could tell that there was a little bit of the balance thing going. But just watching it without having known that, I would never have been able to see. Anything different. It was just like a normal mom playing with the kids, lifting them, doing, you know, having them do somersaults, the whole thing. I got to tell you, and maybe it is, you know, I'm not, I'm not there with her, but just the outside looking in and the little bits of videos and pictures you see, the impact here hasn't been as severe as I think she feels it is. And and obviously when it, when something like that happens to you, you, you obviously feel it and you certainly focus on, on those things. But from an outside right. observer looking in, she looks amazing. She looks absolutely fabulous. And like, she is bouncing back. 
tough woman. All the all the all the you yeah. know all the the it's hope awesome. for her in the world. But so so I had a friend um, that I play basketball with fairly regularly, uh, Don Israel. So he had he had the exact same surgery like five years ago, mm. uh, and it took him about six months before he really got his equilibrium back. And she's like two months out. Yeah. And he he, st- he says he will still have instances where he will snap his head too fast or something, mm-hmm. and it will take him like a second to, to recenter. Yep. Uh, he lost all the hearing in his right ear. It's completely gone. It, that doesn't appear to be a problem for Kelly. Yeah. Um, she said it first, but it, it had come back, she said early. Yeah. So. Uh, he, he didn't have that at all. They, they completely snipped his auditory nerve. So she's very lucky that she was young and healthy. Um, we, I remember last year when she was pregnant, we tweeted out the, or she tweeted out the video and we wrote it up about, you know, her pregnancy workout. She was, Oh, it's insane. She's doing stuff that most guys can't do. She was like, like three weeks out from giving birth to, she was like coaching JJ Watt, how to flip the tractor tire. Right. I mean, she was going crazy. It was was insane. So there's, there's definitely something to it. And, and if you're ever going to have a big surgery, get in as great a physical condition as you can beforehand. Yeah. Stafford's so tough. Words. still true <laughs> still true all right so yeah we'll keep we'll stick we'll stick with it you know what let's go to the caller because we, we we're gonna talk a little bit of the contract here with snacks let's get back onto him we had a caller about the contract let's uh let's let him call in all right. All right, let's listen to him and uh and see what he has to say and we'll go from there hey chris and case i'm gonna go to here from the subreddit and just wanted to stop by and uh applaud your guys' takes on last week's podcast uh for uh regarding calvin johnson and the team um as a lot of people probably may have noticed, I have strong feelings on it. And I think that you guys, you know, pretty much align with my feelings uh, on it, uh, you know, for the most part, except I'm probably a bit more um, uh, angry and or, you know, uh, accusatorial in my um, in my take. But anyway, I wanted to say, uh, I wanted to add that I think motive-wise, I don't think it's as simple as money um, as far as why he, you know, is asking for, or not asking, demanding for his million back from the um, from the team in order to make things right, um, which also I don't think is going to make things right. I don't think the magic, oh, yeah, you gave me a million dollars that I didn't need. Okay, yeah, now we're all cool, and I'll just go and be an ambassador for you or be buddies with you. Yeah, I doubt it. But anyway, um, I think that it's actually a power move. I think that he resents the team, and I'll tell you why. I think that, uh, you know, in 2017 – it, he started coming out with the, you know, started coming out with the truth. It started with 2016. Oh, I retired due to injuries. I can't play no more. I have the concussions. I have whatever, which is probably true. But obviously, that's not. He didn't think that those injuries were enough to keep him from playing. Because in 2017, he came out and said, "I felt like I had more." Uh, he said that he mentioned in an interview um, with somebody that I was asking him about forming a super team that he'd never thought about forming a super team. But in that answer. Um, he did, you know, mention that the Lions, you know, wouldn't release him anyway, um, some, or, you know, refused to release him anyway, something to that extent. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a hypothetical. It's, it was pretty much implied that he'd asked them to release him at one point. Um, and so, and then recently, of course, he comes out to Dave Burkett and has this interview and says that he was always planning to retire and that, you know, they never, never talked to them about any other options. It was just retire and you can't change my mind. And I never talked with management before that. So I think that he's, lying somewhere in there and I think it was probably about the injury card and other stuff but anyway um, I think that uh, you know he felt like it was either released from contract or retire at a certain point in 2015 and I think he asked them to release him and they were like what are you crazy no you signed this contract we we still we would owe you 12 million dollars in dead money and you want us to release you for free no fuck no but I think that he felt like he for every reason deserved it and he doesn't seem to have much self-awareness if you haven't noticed lately and uh, uh, regarding this issue anyway. 
And uh, so I think that he straight up, you know, he, he uh, felt like he was forced to retire and he felt like he had more in him. And uh, I think that's why he came out in 2017 is because the resentment grew in 2017. He, he broke from the normal narrative he had established because he, you know, was like, fuck, I, I could have played another year or two, maybe won a Super Bowl with a different team. If it wasn't for those darn Lions. So anyway, um, that's my two bits. Uh, can't wait for next week's podcast. Let's go Lions. So he got in under three minutes. Great job. Malcolm, there's something you can learn from. Um, though, but the thing. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. We love you, Malcolm. Yeah, we love the death. Um, the thing, the thing here, and I want to, I, I know this is different than snacks, but we, I think we covered snacks pretty good on the, on the contract piece, but on Calvin yeah. here, the conversations were, were, there was a lot of conversations at the subreddit on Twitter and, and, and around the, the board on this one. And I kind of want to go back and, and, and kind of articulate my thinking on this. And you can tell me I'm wrong or as I've, I've, you know, other people were telling me this, but okay. one of the arguments is, is yeah, but the team can cut the player at any time, right? Well, Calvin cut the team basically by, by retiring way early on a contract. We ate all kinds of dead money as a result and had a couple of tough years trying to get out of cap hell. As, as a result right. of that, right? So, okay. So there's there's leverage on both sides of the equation there. But when you're negotiating a contract, and here's where I think people really get confused or, or, or whatever, you hear about the big number. They signed a $123 million deal. It's like, wow, okay. Oh, my gosh, they cut him. He only got $40 million. Well, yeah, he only had you know $40 million guaranteed, right? And I'm obviously simplifying here. But he got everything he negotiated for. As a player, you're negotiating for the guaranteed money, the rest of the money is really, besides a marketing piece for the agent, it's really just performance bonuses for you as a player for doing well, right? I mean, that that's exactly what it is because you have these guys, well, they're, gonna, they're not going to pay him the last year of the contract. Well, why not? Well, he'll be old and slow. Oh, so he's not performing. What if he's not old and slow? What if he's at the top at his position? I bet he stays on. I bet they hold on to him paying that money. Or maybe they try to renegotiate, but he's still going to... Work that's more likely that they would renegotiate it. And they'll but work the, the the last like if it's a five year deal, everybody knows the team knows, the player knows, the agent knows. It's a it's really a three year deal. The last two years are probably not going to happen. And if they do, it's it's either because the player is still great and then you'll ask for more money, like snacks. Right. Or you're gonna you're gonna be looking for a new team because you've exactly. you've thrown away the cap. Right. And that's the thing. If you're top, if you're still performing at the top of your position with those two years, one year left at the end of your salary, they're either going to pay you or they're going to ask to renegotiate. And you say, no, I'm not renegotiating. Cut me. And then you can go as the top in your position and find money somewhere else from someone who will pay you. And you will. That's the way the open market works. So the power isn't all in the, the hands of the owners and they get to cut them and they don't get their money. No, the money is the guaranteed money and everything beyond that is is your performance and it's based on being a, a, a good player and being very, very good at what you do. If you put your right, in my head, in my mind, if you put the right thinking on about that and rather than concentrate on that big number and concentrate on the guaranteed number, that's the money they're going to make. It's They talk about like, if, oh, if they make it to the Pro Bowl, they get a bonus or whatever. That's performance bonuses too, but everything above the guarantee is a performance bonus. In effect, it's just not called that. And if you, it's just semantics at that point to me. Tell me I'm wrong, Riz. I, I think you're a little wrong because I do think that it's more, your first thing that you said, it's more ego boost for the agent. It's marketing. I negotiated this deal for this guy. Look how much money I got him. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that it's, it's just fantasy. Anything above the guaranteed is, is not likely to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, because if, it, if it's considered easily achievable, it's generally part of the guaranteed. It's 
and I love the way that a, a lot of the players and Snacks is is one of them. And it's interesting that he chose the agent that he did because the agent that he chose is notorious for doing the agent fluff mm-hmm. rather than getting the guys more guaranteed money. Mr. Ding Dong. What, what Kirk Cousins has done is revolutionizing the NFL. Right. And you it, might not like him because he plays for Minnesota. You might not like him because he's a bit of a, a he, he's an odd dude. I mean, yeah. I live in his hometown. I, I he, he's he fits the, the mold well here. He's a different kind of cat. The fact that he scammed the NFL for guaranteed money, a fully guaranteed contract, he gamed the system perfectly, and you know what? It worked. And other people are like, "Hey, why can't I do that? Hey, agent, get me that deal. Yep. Get me the guaranteed money rather than they you know Carson Wentz. Carson, yes, Carson Wentz." He, his deal is very interesting um, from a number of standpoints. Uh, the fact that it's, it has injury insurance built into it is very, very interesting to me. Um, hmm. yeah, there's, it's, it's probably a scent or a whiff of what the CBA might be looking like and what the players gonna, are demanding in the CBA coming if forward. The, if the players realize that a three-year, $35 million contract that's all guaranteed is better for them than a four-year $60 million with 23 guaranteed. Hello, Darius Slay. Then the league will be a much better place and everybody will be happier. Yep. But the the players are not there because they want to see the big money. This $60 million. Hell yeah. That's more than 35. Well, no, no, it's not right. Right. Enough players don't realize that yet that some of the agents, I Rosenhouse plus cook can still do that. And Dominican Sue, to his credit, when he left Detroit, one of the reasons he left was because Miami gave him more guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. That, that it wasn't much more, but it was more, and yep. it, that mattered to him. Yeah, absolutely. So there's 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 a lot to that. I think we'll see that, and that's that's actually a, a really good point in that the CBA is another contract that layers on top of the contract that they have. And when you think about that, we'll talk about Slay as a good example, right? He makes he makes really good money this year on his contract. Um, mm-hmm. and his cap hit is huge too. Um, but 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 it's not biggest like, cap hit of any cornerback. <laughs> yep, yep. You, you you look at that and you say, wow, okay. But then you look at what the CBA means. So he's got his big contract. Everybody wants every player to make a bunch of money. Let's throw, throw some extra money at Calvin just to be because we're friendly, right? We want to be friends with everybody. The problem is, is the pile of money is only so tall, right? And the bigger chunk that somebody takes out of there, that big chunk with the guarantee, leaves small contracts for players. And those are the guys that everyone talks about that played in the league and five years later they're they're selling used cars or something like that. Those are the guys who took the concussions and 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 didn't have the money and have a really, really hard life after that. Those are the guys that people always refers to or refer to. And if that's the case, raise the bottom, baby. Whatever your salary cap is, instead of throwing tons of money at a star or two, Limit the contracts, limit the maximum so that you have a certain amount that the smaller guys can get and you can spread it around because that's the way it's going to be. If you, if you have a salary cap, the guy who takes the biggest salary ensures that the guys with the smallest salaries have smaller salaries. That's simple math. Yeah, that's right. Because really- you have 53 guys to split it amongst. So there you go. All right, so we'll 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 put it there and leave it at that. Negotiating a contract, there's so much to it. That and the cap and everything. Sign more contracts with more signing bonuses and get more guaranteed. Yeah, yep. that's what every player should strive to do. Yep. It, it, I, I'll give Trey Trey Boston's out there as an example. He's a free safety, right? Um, the Lions had moderate moderate interest in him last year. 
He does this every year. This is the third year in a row where he has demanded fully guaranteed one-year contract. He hasn't gotten one yet. He will get one. He's a good enough player that he'll do it. Right. He's, he's making more by doing that, even though there's some tendencies that he's unsigned right now. There's got to be some tension in his life about that. But he, he is getting more money than, than guys who have signed four-year deals for you know, a lot more money on the top because he's getting, he, he, he's, he's going to get one year, eight, he's going to get $8 million guaranteed. That might seem like low if, if he could have signed a four-year $30 million contract. But he's, he, that's, that's the way he wants it. Yep. And he avoids getting locked into a, a bad situation that way too. Yep. That's another thing. If you're, if you're a player, look, look and see, do you still want to be with this team? If you're a New York Giant, you think they want to be there the way the things have gone now? Landon Collins is ecstatic to be in Washington now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something I'd love to see change in the way we discuss contracts. Take the agent's ego out of it, and let's just talk about the guaranteed contract. Straight up, let's just say, yep, he signed for three years, guaranteed thirty million, and that's that. There's other bonuses and possibilities in there, but let's just stop. Let's just stop with the guarantee and start talking if about we reality. Could publicize it that way, yeah, yeah. That, that would be nice. Yeah, absolutely, and it might help players find better agents too, because a lot of times they just read the the headline on how much an agent got certain guys, and that's their agent because they want that big number next to their name too. So, all right, we'll move on. Um, great article out there um, this week. And it, it's this is a time of year where our articles sometimes get a little bit repetitive. They get a little bit um, light in in con in, in quality. And I just got to give major props to Kyle Meinke over at M Live for um, on the toughest streets of Detroit. The real tease Tabor opens up. He put a really really great article together. Um, it was fantastic that that first off that that Slay or not Slay but that Tabor does this, yep. but second that he let Kyle tag along. That's that's really cool. That shows a lot of trust on his part for Kyle. Yep. And you know, Kyle told the story beautifully. He framed it nice. He was fair to all people involved in it. Uh, it, it it's something that you definitely must read. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not a Tabor fan or not even a Lions fan, I don't know why you'd be listening yep. to the show if you weren't, but you should. It, it's it's a wonderful wonderful story about where where players come from yeah. and what what they sense. Um, there was there was a line in it where he talked about that he doesn't necessarily feel that he's from he's from Washington D.C. from an impoverished area in Washington, mm-hmm. but he talked about how it he's not from there. He's from the 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 tough area the the where where crack is or cocaine is bad, drugs are bad. You know, it doesn't matter are, the city, the, the area right. yeah, is his home. Exactly. He's, yeah. That's where he's familiar, where, yeah, where he knows exactly. the rules. Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. And that's... I thought that was a, a very important and transcendent line to me uh, because that's not something, you know, you, you think of, you know, I'm from a farm town outside of Cleveland. You're more from, from Detroit. Um, so that, that probably gives you stronger ties to it. But the fact that that, that universalism of that inner city-ness is there um, and I taught in an inner city school in Petersburg, Virginia. I, I, I've seen the areas that he's talking about. I know what he's, I, I had those students in my class. I know what, I know what it's like to, to, for those kids to try to normalize into it, it's tough, man. I spent my, my, my share of time in Brightmore in the eighties. I know, I know what's up <laughs> and people in Detroit know what I'm talking about. It's, it's yeah. not, it's not about, it's not, and wasn't. It isn't where Mikey went, but it's, it's not a whole lot better. I mean, I'm no one around yeah. these parts, those parts are having, uh, soaring 
real estate <laughs> prices. We'll put it that way, right? Um, no. Tough no. area, but but you get a guy like Tabor who's taking a lot of crap, right? And 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 in many we, ways, rightfully we've so. Given him a yeah. lot of crap. <laughs> in many ways, rightfully so, and for sure, we we were yeah. part of that. You know, own it if yep. you do it, right? And yep. uh, and we and we did. And um, he goes quietly. If Mikey wasn't there, he was still doing this. It wasn't like he did right. it because Kyle right. was, was tagging along. So he goes down and he he. he he talked real talk with a bunch of kids who probably need to hear some real talk from someone they can look up to and say, wow, this guy did it. But there's something else that happened here besides the, the great outreach work and the, in the, 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 you know, that one, it takes just one person sometimes to change somebody's life. My, my, my brother had a teacher in high school that absolutely changed his trajectory forever. And, um, he, he will still, to this day, he will agree that he would be nowhere near, as successful as he has been without this one teacher and this one class. It happens. It takes, you know, the right person at the right time can just change your life. And um, absolutely, this is what Tease is going there and hoping to be for a lot of these kids, right? And they have they live there. They live, it doesn't matter if it was Washington, Detroit, wherever. They live in the same neighborhood and they, they he can relate right. to them and they can relate to him. And he's talking about some of the things that went down when he was in high school, then when he was in college, how he almost lost out on his freshman year on eligibility to play by doing some dumb stuff, to, by going to the that same neighborhood outside in Gainesville in Florida to get, you know, some weed or whatever else to do what he was doing. And uh, and how he, he had a friend. I mean, this is this is it, right? He had a friend who told him to hide the weed in the gas tank and they got pulled yep. over and they searched the car and the cops didn't find it. And that's the only way that T's Tabor was still playing. And I believe that happened in his freshman year because that yeah. next one would have taken him down. And he's been lucky and it, it scared him. But it was like after last season and ahead of this season, where he talks about he's really started to take saw, take stock of what's going on. I've done so much for this to to play this game, and 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 what am I doing? And he's changing. He's not saying he was out smoking weed or anything. So don't so don't take that the wrong way, right? That's and that's not what we're implying. But he wasn't working. He's he's lived a struggle his whole life, and he gets to this position where he he has it all in front of him, but he's not struggling anymore, and he needs to struggle because you have to work. And this, and, and, and to be an, uh, an NFL level player, and he talks about the the stock that he took of himself, his life over the off season, and this this feeds into what we've talked about earlier on the show about his attitude changing. And and mm-hmm. I don't know if it was last week or the week before I talked about Ehedebo, who wanted the big contract extension when he ran out of gas, right? Um, and he knew it. it. It's funny because you worry about Tabor. Is this him? And his, his personality change, you want your cornerbacks to be scrappy. You want them to have that instant memory loss, right, and, and, and be, be that kind of thing. And he isn't. And it's like, has he lost it? Has he, does he know that something changed? But it seems like he knows he needed to change his life. He sound, you know, every, It's easy to look good in shorts, as, you know, I mean, uh, Brand Setter says it all the time when we talk to him. Um, but this, is, this seems to be a real kind of self-evaluation and it's like he of, had an epiphany, and yeah, it, it, yeah. it's sticking with him, and that's cool. I would love to see him get faster. They say he added muscle. They say he got rid of fat this year. Um, I would What's love it? to see him suddenly be faster. I would he love looked, to see that he looked speed. He looked a little different when I saw him in Allen Park. He looked um, – it, it, it'll sound trite. It seems like he has better posture. Like, he, like there's just a more – like. It does, it's meaningful though. It, it, how you right. carry yourself is is you can look at people and, and know very easily for eighty five percent of the people out there their level of self esteem. 
their confidence, what they think about themselves. Your posture tells it's such a dead giveaway. Body language is such a giveaway. People don't think about it, but for sure, absolutely. That, that makes a big difference. And I'm, yeah, I didn't mean to step on you. Sorry, but that's a, no, the other, the other thing that I wanted to say about this is that this was a part and the lions helped set this up and facilitate this. And it goes back to when they had the thing about standing up for the national anthem. And Martha, Martha said, we would, we, we want you to stand, but we understand that why you don't want to. And so they did the, I, I can't think of the name of the initiative. It's, it's in the piece. Social justice. That, yes. Um, and it's been it's something that they have taken very seriously and they have put their money where their mouth is mm-hmm. on this. And they are trying to, they said, okay, if you're going to stand, we will make concessions to you. What do you want us to do to help you? And in in pursue things of the reason why you don't want to stand for social injustice and yeah. things like that, and they've done that, and that's really cool to me because it's, a lot of people probably expected that to be hollow words, and it's not. And I'll tell you, many times when I hear social justice, I, I just think it it means discrimination of a different type. So often, and that's not what this was, right? This is this no, was it was not number one right. is a, a testament to Martha. And, and the, the, again, the change in ownership after, after William Clay passed, she is just a class woman and she understands it's not just business, right? But there's, there's a, there's a longer standing piece with this. They're going to sell out Ford field, even if they tick off people with the kneeling, they, they, they knew that, but Martha mm-hmm. knows about her product and she, she, she has something that she probably believes in as well. She comes from a generation that has a, con, you know, a completely different kind of concept of that sort of thing than, than probably people under 40 do. Um, it was important to her. And rather than throw a tantrum or d- drive a wedge between ownership and the players, she found a way to make a commitment uh, to the players to help make a difference in the ways that they wanted to and and still p- kind of preserve the brand while they did it. And she st- and again, she stood up for it and did what she said she was going to do. And now you see, as it cascades down and you see the money, it was like 600 and some thousand dollars, you see this start po- coming out. You see something exactly like this, and this is exactly the kind of social justice that I can get behind and support. This is, again, raising the bottom, lifting all ships kind of a thing, right? We don't need to beat someone down to make help other people get better, right? And that's where my, my I right. love that kind of thing and this is the exact sort of thing that that just makes the world a better place so hats off to martha the the yeah. ford Mar- family Mar- martha the deserves a lot of credit for yeah. that for and the they have done a lot they've done a lot for the community with this and the players have have guided where that money yeah. goes where it's important and and they've Kate done, they've done yeah. a good job it's impressive yeah. this is yes, truly a team effort and it's not because of, you know i mean the contracts right. are there for people to be on the team but this is the players and management working together in an amazing way to make the city right. and they're doing a, a there there are a lot of other players that are doing things exactly like this that we're not yeah. reading about and uh it's nice that Kyle was able to, to publicize it for a player who's been a a polarizing player a player that i've yeah. slammed regularly yep Yep. It, it's awesome that he's doing this and it, it gives better context also to what, what the lines are. They are not just football players, you know, blind meat sacks and helmets. Yeah. They are real people out there and, doing real things for, for things that they care about. And can you imagine the redemption arc if tease comes back and winds up being a, a, like a CB one B or CB two quality player for a, a, an God, entire that career? Be so nice. Can you imagine how great that would be? What an awesome story, man. What an awesome story. This could turn out to be, so best of best of luck and, and tons of hope to, yeah. for that to happen. Um, I'll tell you, you talk about redemption. 
we got a guy that's on a redemption arc and um you, you should start seeing some video teasers coming out soon um what am i talking about this all goes back to our august 3rd training camp party oh. uh it's a big one it's it's big we've got preliminary uh commitments we, and this is like if there's not an earthquake or you know there's nothing like that to stop them uh dan miller dean blandino coming to join us at the party so Ooh. you guys will definitely want to be there for that we are going to be premiering something that we've put together this is one of the things we talked about for the youtube channel again detroit uh go to youtube.com slash detroit lions podcast and subscribe hit the bell so you don't miss any of this when it comes out um amazing amazing um piece short short film we're, I, I don't know what you want to call it we put together that's it's, coming it's up. it's beautiful i've seen it uh, it, it's it you're gonna love it yeah so we'll, we'll have a couple trailers little te- teaser trailers coming out here in the next month and a half ahead of the the party that's gonna be awesome you guys are gonna love it those guys are gonna be there we uh riz and i also have an announcement that we're gonna we're gonna make i think at the uh at the party as well that you guys may want something fun yeah you guys may, may want to be around for that. um limited tickets and um they're gonna go on sale here very shortly i don't know exactly when the funny part is i expect today the Lions to announce, as we record this, the Lions to announce training camp dates, but not till later. So maybe towards the end of the show, we'll just check the recording. We'll check and see if they announced it yet. But yeah. it was today, last year, and the year before that they did it. Um, my luck, it'll probably be, you know, after we finish recording and that'll be that. But so what's going to happen is those who are Patreon donors are going to get a couple of day advance opportunity to purchase the tickets. Okay. So the the Patreon guys and gals are going to get the first shot at... um getting tickets and there's a limited number of tickets. Once they're gone, they're gone. You don't right. get in. If you came last year, you know that the room only holds a limited amount of people. 75. Yeah. yeah. And it's a, it's a great room. It's a wonderful environment. We will be in the exact same place we were last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's fun. The pizza was awesome. Yep. There's a great, great tap list. If you like beer, yeah. I will certainly drink a few with you. We can engage in a chugging contest. All this will be fun. We've got an extra hour to this year too, so uh, we'll go to ten o'clock. Tickets we we lost money last year, so we had to up the price of we, tickets we a couple bucks. So it's thirty bucks for you get your dinner, all the soft drinks you want, the party, the people. We're gonna do some really cool stuff. You get to see the premiere, the announcement, all the other stuff going on. Um, some other great stuff going on. We'll just we'll just leave it at that. It's gonna be August third again at the Uptown Grill. Tickets will go on sale soon, so you know check the site in between podcasts. You'll know about it. If you're a uh, part of the the Patreon people, watch the Slack because that's where the announcement's gonna come for your early access. Um, if you are one of the Patreon people and you're not on the Slack for whatever reason, you don't you don't feel like you want to do that or whatever, let me know. Hit me with an email, or you can use the contact form on the website, and uh, I'll make sure that you get a you get uh, the early access too. All right. So that's it. Big stuff. I, 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 every time you guys know, and it's thanks to the Patreon people actually that we can continue to do more and bigger and better things. Um, it's always more, it's always bigger. It's always better. And, and we've got, we got a ton of stuff that, that may be just like all announcements, not to mention the live show, you know, on, on the, on the site. Um, cause I just forgot there's something else about YouTube that we're going to announce there that you guys are going to get blown away by like national levels. Okay, cool, cool, cool stuff. All right, let's move on. Cyrus. You know, <laughs> He's giddy like a schoolgirl. I am. I'm really giddy. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> 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 let's talk about hard knocks. Um, oh. here it is. It's all fake news. It's all fake news about coming to Detroit. They're going to Oakland. They picked the Raiders. They took the Dang it. they took the the guaranteed drama. They didn't want to wait. If somehow the 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 Raiders won a playoff game 
last year or next this season, it would have been out, right? We could they couldn't have picked him. They just took the sure thing. They know there's gonna be a lot of drama, and they they can still push the drama ahead of the Raiders move. in the playoffs. Oh my goodness, they are they are the most compelling storyline to sell. I will certainly concede that. Yeah, yeah. It's their last year in Oakland. John Gruden has no freaking clue what he's doing. They've got Mike Mayock in there. He doesn't appear to have a real clue of how to run a team either. <laughs> they have an owner who gets his hair cut by a blind person. And there's just a lot going on there. <laughs> They've got they are uh, they are a they are an interesting story. They are more interesting on a national level than the Detroit Lions, and I get that. You know, I did. I did. Have you heard about their medical staff? No, Doctor Riz, right here for you. I got your back, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to use that draft. I haven't been able to use it for a while. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> oh, so yeah, Lord. it's it's all a mess there, right? It's all a mess there. Right? They are, they are a they are a certifiable train wreck, and I I wanted the Lions to be on it. Um, and some of that is that I, I covered the Browns last year. I was in their training camp. I was there when the, the Hard Rocks crew was filming. And after about the, the – I'll say the second practice, the players were com- – okay, so what a lot of people don't realize is that everything that the players do on the fields, on the practice fields, and the training room, that's all videotaped already anyways. There are, they, there are between 8 and 15 cameras at every practice of every NFL team. They record everything. Some of it is for liability purposes in case somebody gets hurt. Mm-hmm. That stuff is out there. But the coaches also like to watch it and just see how the interactions are. So the players are used to having cameras around. The extra cameras were not going to be a, a distraction. Right. There, there are always cameras there. Um, a lot of these guys come from college programs where there are, if, you, if you're a Michigan State fan, every practice is videotaped from all four sidelines. Mm-hmm. It, that that's just part of what they is do. Like the two end zones and the two sidelines. Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Four sidelines. Sorry. <laughs> My life's a square. I, I was playing high lie all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> you can die in high lie. <laughs> all I know about that game is that you can die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's yeah. Interesting sidetrack. Um, so, so it wouldn't have been a distraction that the, the cameras in the meeting rooms, that is a little bit different, but I'll go back to what the Browns did last year. What do you remember about Hard Knocks from last year? You remember Carl Nassib, defensive end, talking about compound interest. You remember Devon Kajusta, backup tight end, talking about how he worships crystals. And he actually retired from the NFL to pursue a career in crystals. That, wow. that, I had to write that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you heard about Corey Coleman and his redemption arc, and then he got traded. None of those guys wound up being Cleveland Browns last year. You did see the dysfunction between Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley uh, and just the general ineptitude of Hugh Jackson, which, by the way, was a very good thing that he got fired because now the Cleveland Browns are legit Super Bowl contenders, in part because he was awful and hard knocks exposed that to everybody. It was like, oh, my God, this guy has no fucking clue what he's doing. Right, right. So that was a good thing. Uh, You would not have seen that with Matt Patricia. I think, honestly, it would have changed the narrative a bit about Matt Patricia because I think you would have seen how much he cares about the players and how much the players respect and care about him. Let me, let me, you do see that when you go to Allen Park and go to the practices, you do, you absolutely get that sense. Let me channel. It does not come across. I want to channel case here a little bit. Uh, He's on the slack. I'll, I'll, I'm going to share what he said since he couldn't join us this week. Um, let me do my impression. It may be, (laughs) sorry, it may be petty and small. I'm busting his balls. (laughs) Oh my. (laughs) 
I'm such a dick. It may be petty and small, but I feel the same way about hard knocks that I do about Calvin's million. And any any and all small things affect the team. It's not the distraction of hard knocks, although I'm not going to say I truly believe that it's a zero issue. That bothers me as much as hearing Patricia say they use it for scouting teams they will play in the upcoming year. Every team that plays the Raiders, especially early in the year, will take a look at that film to see if there's anything they can glean from it. I'd also be much less concerned about the players being affected as I would Patricia with the kind of access they get. And this is the thing where, like, you talk about Patricia and people don't get to see who he really is, right? Because all you see is is angry Patricia on the podium. It's one of those things that if angry Patricia comes back to the podium this year, then then very much so maybe people should have seen the hard knocks, Matt Patricia, right? Mm-hmm. Um, does how much of that will get in his head? And this is something that we can see, I think, is is true about Patricia because he does analyze the data. He does take input from people. Would he be flooded with input about his personality? And the way he he reacts, would that be something? Because he certainly analyzed it and has kind of changed the way he's acting and reacting this year with the press, right? And people are saying, yes. well, it's Ab- kind of... That, that is absolutely true. Yeah. I can tell you that firsthand. And people say, well, wait till the first preseason game and then angry Patricia shows up on the podium again. We'll see, right? We'll see if that's it. But he's he's talked a little bit about it and he's, he's definitely walked the walk. Is this something that could fill his head with a bunch of data that to me... Doesn't matter. I love that he's getting along with the press. That's that's better than not getting along with the press. That's fine. But I don't have to sit there and deal with it. Right? So it's not a big deal for me. Um, I just want the team to win. I don't want him concentrating on things that don't matter. So I think, again, I'm channeling Case a little bit, and I think that's, that's where his argument is coming from on right. it. One of the things that Patricia hasn't said outright, but I think he's acknowledged it privately with certain people, is that he realizes that he didn't get any benefit from being the way he was towards the media. Um, and, and also towards, you know, just, you know, assistant coaches. He, he was mm-hmm. somewhat cold towards them too. He realized there's no benefit to it. If there's no, if there's no positive reason to do it, why am I doing it? He self scouted himself a big time. Um, and, and he's, he's, I, I know people that have had conversations with him with Patricia personally about this. Yep. He realizes that he can control things better by being himself. And and he's not that guy. He's not a naturally angry dude. Right. That's that's not who he is. He's he's not a he's not a warm and fuzzy guy. He's not. A, but he he he's a he's got a wicked sense of humor. He's got a subversive sense of humor that doesn't come across unless yeah. you are around him a lot. Yeah. And uh, I, I think he's I, I think you're going to see different. And I, I would have liked Hard Knocks to show that. I would have liked Hard Knocks from the standpoint of you do get to see. They flesh out story arcs for minor players very well. Yeah. They did it with, with the Browns last year. They've done it in the past. Um, usually an assistant coach. Man, if Chris Kasurik was here, he would have been a star on hard. <laughs> that they, the, those are the type, like, like last year, Bob Wiley, the, the Browns assistant coach, he's famous because he's fat, and when he did, did the, the fake cadence, his belly rattled to it. <laughs> you know, the, the, and, and he drove a Maserati that he couldn't get in and out of without like a lot of butter. That's okay. <laughs> Those are the stories that you remember. The the team has veto power. They they review with any anything that is shot that it features players doing things. The team has one hundred percent veto on that. And and I know for a fact with the Browns they did veto some things. Yep. They they, they didn't want shown. So the the worry about the to 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 sl- slap case since he's not here that that's unfounded because the 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 team could say no you cannot use that. 
So the one thing I'm glad, I mean, you, you said you hadn't heard that and you made me realize that maybe that wasn't out in the, the open space, that it was just stuff that I had heard from people who talked to him. So I'm glad oh. it's, it's kind of in the open space about the, yeah. his, his realization about himself. Cause I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to break any of those confidential things that I hear from. No, I, I, I've heard that as well from so, people that I, that I know and trust and, and Patricia will, will probably admit to that too. And I, I, I shared uh, my interaction with him at the combine, um, was was something that I wouldn't have gotten a year ago. So yep. that, it's very cool. Yep. All right, let's talk on about something here. This is interesting, and we'll spend as much time as we need on it. Uh, Lions, I think this is um, uh, Whitfield. What's his, oh, I forget his first name. Anyway, Brett. Yeah, Brett, thank you. He's at the party every year drinking with me. <laughs> I, love Brett. I love Brett. PFF yeah. Brett on Twitter. He's yep. a great dude. So this is at PFF Lions. I think he runs that account, though. Um, he, uh, he is he's in charge of the data on it. Yeah, okay. So quarterback Matthew Stafford didn't attempt many deep passes in 2018. He was 30th in the NFL for deep passing attempts. Um not not a great not a great number for a team that probably needs a couple more deep pass attempts. Um but uh conversely his deep pass uh, deep passing grade was 12th in the NFL and it was a career high. And uh, Brett, you got a misspelling in that tweet, so you might want to look at it. Uh, <laughs> but no, that's that's really interesting. So he didn't make the attempts. He was highly, highly successful when he did make the attempts, and they were a career high for success when he attempted. What's this? So look, we what do we know? Well, we know he was under a ton of pressure. We had an offensive line who was not working w- well for him. Um, Jim, he didn't have an outlet. Jim Bob Cooter's offense was was uh, predictable. They knew how to rush him. They kept him on the run. There was all kinds of features of the offense last year that kind of set that situation up for it. But the thing that I think you really want to hold on to was his success rate there, right? Being ninth overall, all of a sudden you're like, wow, the guy can do it when he has the time uh, to take that shot. What is Bevel's offense? How does that change Matthew Stafford's PFF rating in for 2019 compared to 2018, Riz? I will. I would also add that the lack of receiving speed is an issue with still, that as well. Still, that's, okay. we're still going to have to face that, right? Yes, but we have talked in the past about how Daryl Bevel's offense in Seattle was. They were run heavy, but when they passed, they took shots yep. Yep. way down the field. Now, they had speed. They had Doug Baldwin. They had Golden Tate for a little while in the early part of his career. They have guys like Tyler Lockett who can fly out of the slot. So they were willing to sacrifice those got the God awful second and 10 and you throw a, a swing pass, you know, 1.7 seconds out of Stafford's hands and the entire defense is there and, and it's a two yard game. That, that doesn't exist in a Daryl Bevel offense. It just doesn't. No. They, he likes to take shots down the field. He is a guy. Um, and this goes back to when he had Favre in Minnesota for the, for that year, and and I said my great line that Favre got great. You know, Bevel made his name because Favre ignored his plays, which is somewhat true. Um, hey, let's not forget that. Minnesota Vikings great Brett Favre. Let's get that. Let's that get the that's whole, right. The whole well, he he was indeed spectacular that year. Yeah. One of the things that Seattle did when he was there, and when Minnesota did it, they led the league in pass interference yards gained net. So the, the amount that their defense gave up versus what their offense got, their their pass interference differential led the league three times in five years for Daryl Bevel in Seattle, and he did it in that year with Favre. Mm-hmm. Um, you can look that up on NFL Penalties, by the way, which is a fantastic website if you want to go down some rabbit holes. <laughs> 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 that, and, and so you're going to see 
you're going to see that. And what does Matthew Stafford do best? He puts the ball down the field into small windows as good or better than any other quarterback in the NFL. That, that's his calling card. That's one of the reasons why Matthew Stafford is what he is. And that's and so I, I'm excited for that. Part of the reason why he didn't have the big stats last year was because they weren't throwing it downfield because they couldn't. I right. think that you talked about the the pass interference piece. I think that's a that's a part of the Bevel offense that I would love to see uh, put in place for these guys, especially because they're a little slower. I would love to see some of the, you know, this is a re- very Green Bay thing to do, right? You just throw the ball when all hope is lost and pull the, the pass interference penalty. This is this is definitely an opportunity. It's the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly that and the free holding calls, right? Uh, <laughs> oh. Um I'd love to see us institute some of that. Let's let's you know the the other thing is Aaron the too many men in the field catching people while they're changing right and it's I'd love to see us be able to leverage some of those things to help the team along because yeah, it helps you make up gonna, for some of your you're weaknesses. You're not going to see that because I still think and and this this was something that I if you've listened to the show for any amount of time you'll know I hate I hate snapping the ball late in this play clock every yeah. fucking play yep. and we did that last year. That's a cooter and thing. I think that's that, cooter. No, I, I actually think that's more of a Patricia thing. I think that's his way of shortening the game and controlling it. Well, see, and that's, that's I think now, he it, did it with Cooter. Cooter certainly was the biggest part of it, but I think Patricia sees the benefit in doing that. Here's here's what I'm what, where I'm my head's at. I think because you played a metrics right, and you establish what metrics you need to hit in order to win, and you say these are leading indicators for success, right? So what are those metrics? Those leading indicators? Well, one of them is time of possession. Okay, and you're gaming the metric by running the play clock down to two to three seconds every time you snap the ball. You're not doing what makes that metric successful. You're just artificially inflating the metric, right? And that's yes, what that's Lomb- a good way to put that. Yep, that's what Lombardi was doing because they were doing it with Caldwell as well. And I think he was gaming the system. And what bothers me is I don't think that Caldwell caught it. And I don't know about about Patricia or not. I think it didn't matter what JBC was doing anyway. Uh, I think he was just getting his his, his free year in yeah. and going. But I think that's what he, he was doing was gaming the game. I people said, well, you know. Stafford needs the time to read the defense. He didn't need that before Lombardi. When, it, when has Matthew <laughs> Stafford been at his best? In fourth quarter comebacks, when they're going no huddle, when they're going up yep, tempo. Exactly. That is when he's at been at his historic best. Exactly. When, the, the year that he threw for all those yards, they went hurry up a lot because they were trying to catch defenses off guard. Yep. Absolutely. And that did not happen at all last year, and I'm hopeful that that will not be a case this year. That that's that's actually my biggest worry um, going into the season is that we will once again snap the ball with less than four seconds on the play clock every freaking offensive play, and it gives the defense too much time. It it makes the offensive linemen stand there. It makes offensive linemen uncomfortable yep. as hell. Yep. I gotta stay in this stance for 20 seconds. Yep. Really. Yeah. I gotta watch this guy. I gotta watch the guys across from me dance around. Maybe change their lineup. They're gonna they're gonna call out the play because they figure out what we're doing because they have more time to think about it. Right. Exactly. I hate that, and I really hope that that changes because that was a big, big, big B in my bonnet last year. And the fact that they never, the fact they never varied. 
the snap count ever never you you had so many opportunities to do a quick snap and catch a team flat-footed right fine if you're gonna it's like establishing the run 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 pass right what the pass what (laughs) right that you you catch them or play action right well holy cow then you you fool them it's the same thing you're gonna do you know long count long count long count quick snap and then holy shit and then all of a sudden now they're not they're not guessing a right. long count every time right now you've you've changed things up and you know who does that incredibly well philip rivers does that yep. he's a master yep. at doing yeah. that yeah that's if he sees that the defense isn't ready he has a call if you're and they they change it from game to game by the way they don't just keep yep. the same calls from year to year so the defense knows where it's okay okay freeze for half second snap go and and we'll catch the defense. That Philip Rivers is the best at that, and I think Stafford can be that guy. Oh yeah, I think Philip uh, Rivers. He he. People talk about how good he is, but I think they underestimate or undervalue that part of the game, the the brain part of the game for him because he's he a is, smart. He's a master guy. manipulator. Yeah, yeah really. The, the fact that he he trash talks all the time and oh, does it God. in a Christian way. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh darn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's off-putting, man. When you when you live in a world where everybody's fucking cursing all the fucking time, and so he says, "Golly gee, Willikers!" It's like, what? What the hell? What the heck? So you're out there. You're getting ready to get yourself a nice uh, Matt Stafford jersey again. Maybe a Phil Rivers jersey. Who knows? Maybe you you want to take two teams. Nothing wrong with an AFC team to kind of carry you through if. Week 17 doesn't go the way you want it to go. Uh, how do you do that? You head to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. It's the easiest way. You can go to detroitlionspodcast.com and click on the link. But now it's so much easier. You go to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. It'll take you straight to the Fanatics Underground, and you can order anything you need, anything you want. And uh, it'll be sent right there. They give us a little cut of that, and uh, it's it's a spectacular way to get your sports gear. Not lo- just Lions, not just NFL College uh, your baseball, hockey, the Tigers gear. We talked about them early. All kinds of great stuff there. Get it, and we'll get a small cut of that. Never costs you more, but it's a great way to help the show by doing something you were going to do anyway. Fanatics.DetroitLionsPodcast.com If you're watching the U.S. women's soccer team, which you should be, yes, they probably have gear for that. You can get your gear and celebrate a 13-0 win over hapless Thailand, which was glorious. It was, it looked really good. It looked really good out there. All right. <laughs> That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one from the Super Bowl, and I want to give Javid Sanders 44 credit for putting this one up here. It's, it kind of goes to the, the power of persistence that we talked about early. Um, this is a question. It's an existential question almost. I'm going to ask and uh, pose it to you, and we can kind of riff on it a little bit, Riz. Do you think that part of the reason for our Super Bowl drought is because we don't stick to a plan? And I'll, I'll put a little um, ad- hmm. addition on this, and then I'll, I'll – Pass okay. the ball to you. All right, um, I'm thinking. I've heard people, and often called the haters or whatever else you want to call them, say things like, "Oh yeah, if they if 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 they don't if they don't win it this year, Patricia Quinn, they're on the hot seat. It's over. It's three years. It's done. Right for Quinn. Two years. It's done. It's done. Right. And I I think to myself that that, I, that doesn't make sense. Why would you throw just grind through people so quickly? Because how many drafts does it take to get the right people? How many years does it take a coach to get their their staff and their system in place? How much, I mean, I know you want to see improvement, but just throwing it in the blender to me doesn't seem like the smart way. And I think it's a good question about sticking to the plan. There's the other side of it with William Clay Ford, right, where there was a little extreme where he was maybe too committed to people. You know, my my first inclination when you asked the question was like, we stuck with Millen for way too long. We stuck with regimes before that for too way right. too long. Yep, yep. Um, but and, and my my other side of it, I cover the Cleveland Browns as well. 
they're on their, I can't even count how many coaches they've had in the last 10 years. They, they have, they finally have a regime that they like now, although they do have a rookie head coach, <laughs> they have switched GMs, directions, plans of attack. That's, that's how you go. when 16, when you don't fire people, when yeah. you know, the way the lions did, if you do fire people all the time, because you've got, you, you had a Belichick disciple in there. You had um, two of them, actually. You had a Parcells disciple in there. Uh, he's not running the defense in Green Bay. You had Rob Chudzinski twice. He's awful at everything both times. Mm-hmm. Just that the, the rapid vacillations and swings. And I'll tell you this, the way that this Lions team is built in, in the manner that Quinn and Patricia do, if they change and they go in a different direction, the team is going to be awful. Yeah for a year or two yeah. because they are geared for this. Look at, look at the history of Bill Parcells teams and people that come off the Bill Parcells coaching tree. They have very specific types of players that they want. They do not fit other systems. And when it, when, when those regimes end, Ryan brothers are like this too. What, it's really, it's really, really bad when it ends. What happens when we fire Patricia in two years and Quinn together, and then we get, we bring in a, an Andy Reid style. We bring in anybody. We bring in. We're going to lose Rudikos. for two years. We bring in the right. best available at the time, right? And right. the best coach at the time. And you're still going to suffer for two years, and then you're going to throw them out because you didn't stick with the first group of guys long enough to see what the how, to see the plan right. come to fruition. And then now you got a couple of guys that you've hamstrung from the beginning because they're saddled with the old regime stuff, and that's kind of the the Caldwell and Mayu thing. I mean, how long did it take? to clear out Calvin's contract and all the other stuff with the cap to finally get to a position where with snacks, we can say, let's just hook this guy up with a little bit of money and let's take care of this. Right. Three years ago, there's no, you're like, we're fucking broke. Get the fuck, hit the, hit the bricks, right. bud. Right. That's yeah. the story. Right. It's a complete change. And, and you have to recover from that. You have to get into a position where your so, system is working. So I, and, and I get the sense that Martha while she urgently wants to win and she's a nanogenarian, mm-hmm. she she realizes the the importance of patience here. Yeah. That you can't you can't throw out the baby in the bathwater and the bathtub and build a new house. Yep. You just can't. Yep. And if anybody's gonna do it right, I think it's her. And I think she's driving a lot of this into the the young ladies that right. are with her in running this team. And I think they're learning right. a lot. And her, and her th- daughters have been much more visible mm-hmm. around Allen park than in the past. And yeah. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. This continuity piece. And I want Martha continuity, right? William clay, a lot of respect for the man. He brought the team, you know, he kept the he, team. He was, here. A, he did a, he lot was of- a very good man. Yep. He was not a good owner. And he did, but he did a lot for the city. He did a lot. He did, I mean, he, he did, did a lot of a lot things. We there was, you know, had, didn't win a championship. That's fine, right? That, but he did a lot of great things, and 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 there's a lot of room to have respect for him. And his football team didn't win, but that's no way, no reason to to like just absolutely despise him, man, right? But Martha right. took over and has really brought some improvements in process and thinking around this team. And I, I love everything she's done so far. Um, and and that's the kind of thinking that they need to drive forward, and that kind of continuity is is only going to be better for the team. Right. So, and and just to to further go a little bit deeper on this, the key players on this team are Matthew Stafford, um, Damon Harrison, Darius Slay. If they want to change, Excellent. it's probably going to be easier to change the players than it is the coaches at that point because yeah. they're going to hit where the CBA expires, where all their all these guys are going to be coming up at roughly the same time. Yeah. If they realize that it's not working, 
maybe we can change out the players instead of changing out the regime and find new players that fit this better. Let me hit you with this the scenario. I, I, Case heard it last week. I'm, I'm going to hit you with this one. Um, I ran it All past right. Miller and um, and uh, Blandino and some of the stuff we were doing. Um, who's the second best? So you, we, we would have to say over the last 15 years, the very, very best NFL teams, the Patriots. I don't think anybody could argue with their success, right? The next mm-hmm. question is, who's second best over the last 15 years? Probably Baltimore. Baltimore. Over 15 years. So what's their last five looked like? Uh, they won They won the AFC North last year. They had a bad year before that. Um, they've, they've been consistently in the playoffs. They won a Super Bowl six years ago, yeah. maybe. So in, in, in the Belichick era, what we're going to say, so about 15 yeah. years, 20 years, the gap yeah. between first and second. Right, right, and, and I mean, Green, Green Bay might be in there. I'm th- uh, New Orleans, New Orleans, New Orleans fluctuates all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Indy at one point, the Peyton Manning years, right? But yeah. over the course of all those years, there's a true, undis- undisputable number one, and there's Absolutely. a gap down to number two, right? Yes. So with that being said, you go then to the next step, and you say, and this is where we go talking about the players that you were just talking about. You can switch the players over the coaches, right? Tom Brady's the only player that resided on that team and won two different Super Bowls, right? What with completely different teams around him, right? Mm-hmm. The next question I'm going to ask you is: Do you think Aaron Rodgers would have been successful there? Yeah, I do. For 15 years, probably not for that long, but he would because it takes a certain personality. It does. T- it does take a certain and a certain ego, right? That you, <laughs> I think. Remember, Aaron Rodgers fired his last coach. Yes, he did. I don't think he would. He was right in doing so, by the way, but he, he did it. <laughs> I don't think he has the 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 ego and the and the personality to be able to submit to a system like Belichick's, like Tom Brady did. Tom Brady's a great quarterback, but I think Tom Brady needs Bill Belichick, just like Bill Belichick needs somebody like Tom Brady running that offense and running that. The team. symbiosis, yeah. their, their symbiotic relationship is it's unbelievable. I don't it's think there's another quarterback in the league that would have submitted for that long. Taking the the lower pay, I know I know he's got a supermodel wife who makes more than he does. I get that, but this the unique situation that Tom Brady brings from both an ego and a personality to that team and with that system is one of the I think the key things that elevates them as the number one so far above the next yeah. level team in the in the league. It's it really it really blew my mind when it was a super revelation because it's not just that oh he's a system quarterback whatever what quarterback would have done that. For that long and, and submitted the system, I can't think of a single one. No, Rogers would have wanted his his at some point. Yeah. I think he's proven yeah. proven that quite a bit. Yeah, and, yeah maybe, maybe Drew Brees would. Mm-hmm. I, I think Drew Brees would have maybe, would have maybe, been able to yeah. do what Brady did. Yep. Honestly, yeah. and he's done it for a very long time with, with New Orleans and Eight. in a very good way. But I think that's that, that's a very very small list, right? So anytime people start talking about the Brady, you know, he's a system quarterback or whatever. I think you saying that it very well may be true, but he's the best damn system quarterback, and you'll never find another quarterback. I don't think maybe Breeze, like you said, the, that would have done it for that long system, and successfully. System freaking works yeah, too, yeah. and, and he's t- been smart enough not to real smart enough to understand that the system is working for him very well. Why change it? And that goes back, and I'm going to tie this all back in a big bow. I want to get the ready. Oh, look at this! The power of persistence. Sticking to a plan, running the plan, and running the system. If you can do that, and you can continually improve, 
you will wind up with a team that can be successful. Throwing your coach out after three years, throwing a, your, your GM out after four is not a recipe for success unless they're pulling a complete millin. And I don't think anybody sees that happening in Detroit today. So there we go. Did I tie it up for you? Did that, is that, is that pretty well good? done, Chris. I'm, I'm impressed you tied that all together. The editorial challenge there. Um, sure, sure. I, I'll, I'll, put, I'll put the editor yeah, cap yeah, yeah, on yeah, there. Yeah. You did a very good job of doing tying that back together. Thank you. Thank you. I thought I was going to get uh, pointed, down pointed for like spelling or something or grammar. But okay. <laughs> We're going to do a quick thing. First, I want to uh, talk about a new, a new segment that'll come here and there. It's called Pimp My Article. Uh, <laughs> Riz has got one coming up. And this is a good one because this, this, this comes out of some pretty, um, um, I don't uh, notorious news that has popped up. Um, this is about where the Lions backup quarterback situation rests. Right. This so, is a perfect so timing. Risk. Mike Lombardi talked about it. I guess he talked about it on either the Ringer podcast where he tweeted it out or something. Um, and he said that the Lions probably have the worst backup quarterback situation in the NFL. <laughs> and I immediately cried foul because like, hey, no. So I've actually been doing some research on it and it's all arbitrary. It's in my head. I explained it out, and it's coming on Lions Wire. This is today's Wednesday, right? Yes. You'll, you will see it on Thursday at some point because I will eventually wrap up doing it once my kids don't have multiple sports practices going on at the same time all the time. That's what summer is when you're a sports dad. Um, I think the Lions honestly could – you could argue they have the best backup quarterback situation in the NFC North. Not, not in the league, but in the NFC North. Okay. Tom Savage – and, and maybe I'm a little biased because I know Tom Savage. I've seen every NFL throw he's made multiple times, both regular season and preseason. I covered mm-hmm. him with the Texans. He's not bad. He's a little streaky. He's a little inconsistent. He doesn't handle pressure well. He's got a weak arm, I hear. I may be lying. <laughs> I, think <you're> lying. <laughs> I, think, I think he's got a nice arm. Yeah, he's got um, I've, I, everything I've heard is he's got yeah, the, um, the closest and, to Stafford we've had in a backup as far as power. Yes, for sure. And I, I wouldn't want him to play multiple games, but if, if Stafford breaks a finger, like I did this week, falling down steps, that was not fun. Um, and I wasn't even drunk. <laughs> then it's, at least you had an excuse if you're a drunk, Chris. Come on. I know. Now you're just like old. <laughs> I know. Do you need a hip? <laughs> Loss of manly vigor is rough, man. <sighs> you need, um, I forget. Uh, never mind. I'll also skip it. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm going through and I'm looking around. And I'm like, would you rather have Tom Savage or Kyle Sloter? Would you rather? And one of the things that I'm evaluating in this, and, and it, it's an arbitrary criteria that's specifically mine, is, okay, if you're developing a young quarterback behind an – we'll go to Denver as an example. Gen, Denver has Joe Flacco. They drafted Drew Locke. Drew Locke will be their backup. Mm-hmm. That's a better situation because it fits what they're trying to do. They are grooming him to be an eventual starter, and I, I, I respect that for them. It's different than in Minnesota where they have something called Kyle Sloter backing up Kirk Cousins. It, it's different than in – what was the one that really stood out to me? Um, oh, um, it, Buffalo, where you've got Josh Allen, who's a very specific type of sure. player. Yep. He's, he can't throw, but he's an incredible runner, and he, he, he likes to take deep shots down the field, and it works for them because that's the – he, he couldn't throw the ball from, from my front door six feet away to me without you know, killing small animals around. They don't have a backup who can do anything like that. They have a very divergence gap between what their starter does and what their backup does. You now have in Tom Savage a guy who can run the same offense that Matthew Stafford runs. 
Matt Castle could not do that. He and, did not have the arm strength to do it. He also didn't have the 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 just the mentality to do it. Savage might he's certainly nowhere close to being as good as Matthew Stafford. Don't mistake anything for that. You you don't have to change your offense when Tom Savage comes in. He can do the things that you want him that Matthew Stafford does. That's not the case with a lot of others, and I think that's a more advantageous. Look at Chicago. Mitchell Trubisky, we bag on him a lot. He he was good enough to win a division title mm-hmm. with with an insane amount of luck as well, but he does certain things very well. Their backup is Chase Daniel. He physically cannot do those things. That's a bad situation. Chase Daniel might be a better quarterback than Tom Savage, but the situation of being the backup for Mitchell Trubisky makes him less advantageous than what Tom Savage is. And then there's Deshaun Kaiser in, in Green Bay. <laughs> we saw how that went 31 nothing. baby. I see him up on the field a lot this year. <laughs> um, he might be the worst player in the league. You know, you mentioned Trubisky. Can I? I want to make a little parallel with him and um, Eric Ebron as a result of their draft Ooh, position and what happened really? to the draft. They get they both got bagged on. Now, Trubisky, the 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 Bears meatheads are just the Bears meatheads, right? They're gonna like pound the table, but Bears one, Bears number one, you know that whole thing. But his draft position and what they gave up to get Trubisky in the draft. To move from three to two? Yeah, yeah. When, when, when the team at two wasn't going to take him anyways. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's going, that weighs on him. And that, I think that yeah, is a knock on how people perceive him and treat him. His performance versus what the, the treasure that it cost for him uh, gives him a little bit of a, like an Ebron, right? His performance versus the treasure that was paid for him. Uh, I think that's that's where you're seeing that. And I think you will see that turn um, in Chicago when you start seeing people get injured. They don't have an unnaturally healthy season. They get more kind of regressed to the mean on, on where teams are with injuries and stuff, and they don't progress. I think you're going to start seeing people bagging on Trubisky. Now, maybe not so much because they haven't had a guy who can throw the ball since 85. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's been forever. So most of the Bears fans don't even know what a quarterback looks like, right? <laughs> so Trubisky's the second coming at that point. So anyway, sorry, I didn't I didn't want to go off on too far of a tangent there, but that was uh No, that's that that that's taken work. It's gonna be a very interesting year for the Bears with Mitchell yeah. Trubisky. Yeah. Big year, big year for him, big year for their coach, his second year. Uh, let, let's see what they can do. He's gonna I sign am not, an unnaturally not, big contract. The year before the fans turn on them because they're not producing anything for a series of years going. I am not. I am not a Trubisky hater. I I see the merits in him. I mm-hmm. I, I do. I I think he can be a very successful NFL quarterback. But you've got to have the right context for him. Exactly. And, and for the backup situation, they don't have that at all. If he gets hurt, Done. they they are they are. Dead. Though that's true because, probably because for change, 30 out of 32 teams. Right? right, but at least you don't have to change your offense when you go from Matthew Stafford to Tom Savage. Mm-hmm. Like you, you would have to do because Chase Daniels just physically cannot do the things Trubisky. that you expect from Mitchell Trubisky as your base offense. It happened in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, and they, they actually had to change. They had to get rid of Joe Flacco because Lamar Jackson and Joe Flacco are good cop, bad cop. You, mm-hmm. you can't get more diverse. Joe Flacco probably no. can't run five yards I'm not sure Lamar Jackson can throw five yards. And now they're trying to change Lamar Jackson into Joe Flacco. That's the thing. They are. Just, they are uh, that's another team to really watch. I know you do these things well. We're going to ask you to do something different, so start working on that. <laughs> what, what did we just talk about with Matthew Stafford? What does he do well? Exactly. Throw the deep ball into yeah. small windows. What did they ask him to do? <laughs> Let's dump the ball off all the time. Quick dump. Yep, there we go. 
All right. Um, good article coming up. Lionswire.com. Check it out from Jeff Risden. You, you see all of his stuff. Check him out at Jeff Risden on Twitter. If you haven't followed him, you're, you're silly. Okay. I'll say silly. I won't go. I won't go to the stretch of ding dong like Drew. Drew Rosenhaus, right? But you, but you're silly. Okay, so we'll go there. So uh, check him out. Follow us too. Uh, Det Lions podcast. We like to have a lot of fun. Uh, good stuff coming. Want to let you guys know also. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Great way. You, you shop Amazon. I shop Amazon. Let's let's meet up at AmazonDetroitLionsPodcast.com. Will anything you buy? Yeah. Uh, they send us kickbacks, just like we're not we're not gonna lie to you. There's no pop up windows, just like the finance one. There's nothing silly that goes on. It just passes a cookie, so they know that we sent you there, and uh, they give us a little kickback. And you know, you're lowering their profit and helping divert it to your favorite podcast. What a great way to do it. Amazon to Detroit Lion, Amazon Podcast dot com, and uh, help us out. You know, does helps us do all kinds of great things. All right, so a couple of quick things we want to go through here. The week of June twenty fourth. Riz is on vacation. I'm on vacation. Case is on vacation. So there's not going to be a show. Uh, I'm heading back to Detroit. Maybe one day we'll see about getting everyone together. Maybe Riz, if you can come out to the east side of the state. I don't know that I'm going to be able to do the west because I'm seeing family in between. But maybe we can get some yeah. folks together, go do lunch and have a couple drinks somewhere or something. I don't know. We'll figure something out. But uh, we'll do some maybe a YouTube thing or two that week. Just put some stuff in there. Uh, so we'll, we'll work on that. Um, next week we'll be back with another show. Um, we'll see. It'll be Riz. It'll be Case. It'll be Case and Riz. It'll be Riz and Case. Who knows? We'll, we'll put something together like we always do. Um, key NFL dates for the Lions. We're going to talk about that. One last OTA tomorrow, the 13th. And then that's it. That's and it. they didn't and, cancel it. And I got the media release. I'm not allowed to talk about it, but we got a media release that they are indeed having the practice. I can confirm that. There you go. So I w- am going to assume that if the announcement for training camps doesn't come out, today on wednesday the 12th it'll be the 13th that bet, drops. Yeah. Yeah. and um so that's that, that we'll get that worked in check the website we'll put some uh a post up there around uh that and the party and how all these things work together so you want to check that you keep checking for your tickets for the thing as well they will be limited i can almost guarantee there's not going to be any available at the door so you've got to get yours early uh training camp begins probably the third week of july <laughs> I, I would guess um let me look at a calendar here. Hold on. Uh, that's 2008. I would have a calendar from 2018. Oh, I thought you said 2008. I was like, what? no, <laughs> you throw that no. away, Riz. <laughs> no, that, that, no. Your house looks I'm otherwise guess, neat. Let's find the camera. <laughs> uh, I will. I will guess that that will be the, the the weekend that we're doing the party. The third and the fourth is the second weekend yep. of training camp, and it'll probably start. It usually starts on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, yep. and they go three days. Then they get two days off, and then they go four days, and then they get two days off, and then they do it again. Yep. So I, I think that, so you can bet that last week of July, the last full week of July, leading into that is, is probably when it's going to happen. There you go. It's Hall of Fame Which weekend. It's Hall of Fame weekend. We won't miss the Hall yeah. of Fame game, though, but it'll, that'll be going on in the NFL, so it'll be a good time. All right, with that being said, we're going to call it a show. It's a great show. Thanks again, Riz, for joining us, filling in for Case this week. Man, I, I always love it when you're on. You're such a good guy. It's my pleasure. We should do more of this. You. We should. All right. Remember, we really should. <laughs> remember, the show needs your involvement. Use the comments in the subreddit to give you feedback. Help us keep rocking the top of the pops. And uh, give us the feedback, uh, the five-star feedback on your local aggregator so people know what they're getting into and help us move up the charts there. Don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Again, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. As little as a dollar a month. 
is a great way to get fast access to the info, to the tickets, to all this other stuff that we do. Um, get extra giveaway entries, all that kind of stuff. Hint, hint, hint. And uh, some other stuff we're going on. So go ahead and join. A dollar a month is, you can go more than that. That's a great way to do it and help show, help us do some of the things we're going to do. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Also, the Facebook, the book face. It's at facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. Said bookface. I immediately was going to mispronounce it. Also, uh, <laughs> Twitter at DET Lions Podcast. At DET Lions Podcast, the very best place to see the Riz with no pants. Sexy time. Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions Line, 929 33 Lions. It's 929 Don't forget about our merch store, DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store all kinds of great shirts there good stuff to to pick up and you definitely want your zenner shirt there also lastly be sure to go to detroitlionspodcast.com subscribe to the podcast so we can show up in your podcast device automatically thank you for tuning in and we're going to see you next time on the detroit lions podcast remember no pants no toasters no hot tubs baby no problems because we're your detroit lions and reddit connection Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. Hey, Dean Blandino here, and I can tell you unequivocally that call was 100% wrong. Vernon's? Vernon's? This guy again. Vernon's? I'm done.